This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. And this is Franchise Today on Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. I'm Stan Friedman coming to you from home base in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, many thanks again for last week's guest, Angela Cote, for joining us. Lots of great content and take-home value. And while she was a close second in the high-energy department, my friend Josh York, founder and CEO of Gym Guys, still retains the title for highest energy-level guest ever on Franchise Today. This week, we're going to be talking with another fireball, Jonathan Barnett, founder, president, and CEO of OxyFresh Carpet Cleaning, as he'll share how he's innovated his way to the meteoric growth that his company has enjoyed. But first, we've got some happy birthday wishes to share this week out there with those in the franchising world. So this week, we celebrate Mike Merrick. We celebrate Chris Antelock, OxyFresh's own, Richard Thomas, Doug Groves, Nigel Main, Aaron Goldberg, Mike Skitsky, Joe Bordeaux, Bob DiBartolo, Mayo, and Rick Robinson, along with Chris Simnick. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. I hope I didn't miss any, but please let me know if I did, and a make, a, a make good will be in order. Happy birthday, one and all. Also, before I bring Jonathan on, I want to talk briefly about an upcoming series of special episodes of Franchise Today that will be focused on how much franchising gives back. These episodes will feature interviews with CEOs that are focused on philanthropy, benevolence, generosity, social conscience, charity, and compassion, so much so that they've put as much work into the into these endeavors as they have to the growth of their brands. We'll focus on how much effort and value they place on giving back to their teams, their communities, schools, and special causes, and the importance and differences that it has made in the growth of their businesses and in them personally. More about that series of special editions of Franchise Today, forthcoming in the weeks ahead. Let's take a very quick break and come right back with this week's guest, Jonathan Barnett. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot-on assessments, based on science, 
but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoricalprofiles.com. And it's time now for today's guest. Jonathan Barnett is founder, president, and CEO of OxyFresh Carpet Cleaning, one of the fastest growing cleaning franchises in North America with over 300 locations throughout the U.S. and Canada. Their mission is to be environmentally friendly, green carpet cleaning company, the most environmentally friendly green carpet cleaning company, and their number one goal is to provide their customers with the highest quality carpet cleaning experience in the industry and accomplish this with excellent service and support throughout all levels of the company. Jonathan, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great having you here. And and listen, before I kick off the usual line of questioning, I've got to take a minute to share a story about my personal experience with your team here in the northern suburbs of Atlanta. So a few weeks ago, I needed carpets cleaned at the house. My wife Googles carpet cleaners, and I said to her, there's no need to do that. I'll call Jonathan Barnett. So for full disclosure to the audience, I've known Jonathan for almost 10 years. And I've watched with admiration how smartly he's grown his business. So I figured I'd call him, see if he had anyone that services my zip code. And what do you know? Within minutes, I get a phone call from the operating partner of OxyFresh Roswell, Georgia, who called to schedule my service and told me that he was not only servicing, calling to service it, but he was going to either do the work himself or oversee the job personally. Then to my further surprise, I discovered that his managing partner was someone that many of us in the franchising world know, and that too is is Christian Pillett. So like many of us in franchising, I've known Christian to wear more than a couple of hats and more than a couple of shirts like we all have that have been around for a while. But I had no idea until then that Christian was involved with OxyFresh. So let me end this little personal anecdote, Jonathan, by telling you that if your other territories are manned managed and operated half as well as Christian, Brandon Fish, and Connor Crook are running the show for you in North Georgia. The the corporate culture is having no trouble reaching the ground level, JB, and you'll continue the journey towards sustainable growth and hit 500 or more, mark my words. So, okay, with all that said, let's do what I always do at the beginning of the podcast, rewind the tape, and tell the audience how all of this began with Johnny B's back in your ORU days, because as we always say on Franchise Today, nobody goes to college with the intention of becoming involved in franchising. It kind of finds us along the way. So take us back to ORU and and those years that led up to your business degree paying off before you even graduated. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I love telling the story because, uh, you know, there's always uh, somebody out there that reaches out to me and, and and can uh, relate. So, you know, when I, when I went to college, first of all, people always ask me um, why I love franchising so much. And I love being part of a team and I love the team sports. So in college, I, I was fortunate enough to play college basketball at Oral Roberts. And I, and I love that. I love the culture of rings. What does it take to be successful? Whatever it takes, uh, teamwork, putting others above yourself, servant leadership, all the things that sports brings. But through that, I always had I always had this entrepreneur spirit. I wanted to be like my grandpa. Um, he was always inventing things, starting things, and so 
I came across uh, $10,000 when I was a, a junior in, in college, and and uh, it was a gift from my grandparents to all the grandkids. They, they gave that out. And I was reading that the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Stan, have you, have you ever – you've heard of that book, right? Of course. Of course. So in that book, it talks about there. This this kid had he had two dads, a, a dad, a stepdad, and his real dad. One of the dads told him to get a good education, get a good job, and then the other dad talked about creating jobs for other people, and you know, pretty much letting go to grow, and and systemizing and scale, being able to scale, and and so and so when I when I was reading that, I was had this ten thousand dollar check in my hand. I was driving to the bank, and I and I saw this fireworks stand. Uh, um, on the side of the road and it was winter time. So it was closed up and boarded up. But I thought to myself, if someone else can do that, why can't I do that? And I think so many times, a lot of us, we, we let, we want everything to be perfect before we start this idea or this dream that we have. But I think for all of us, we just got it. We should always have the mindset of just, just go for it. And you can figure out the details later, but I think we've always been taught not to take risks and this and that. And so anyways, the point is, is I took that, I took that money and I went to Kansas in my Honda Accord and I went to this fireworks show and I bought about three grand worth of fireworks wholesale. And I rented a U-Haul and drove them back um, to Oklahoma and I went to store them in a storage unit and I realized that you can't uh, store explosives. In the storage <laughs> unit. Right. <laughs> so then I, uh, house, you know, and cause I was staying in the dorms at the time and I put the fireworks in uh, her garage. She had a two car garage. It was floor to ceiling one side of it. And um, when she came home from work that day, she was uh, beyond frustrated. For those that don't know, my mom, you know, she raised me as a single mom um, and she's a very hard worker. So she had had two jobs all growing up. And and so for me to use that money that she had, um, that I've been given from my grandparents um, to buy fireworks, explosives, she thought it was pretty much a waste. So she was pretty upset to say the least and told me I should store my fireworks somewhere else and wasn't too happy. Anyways, let's fast forward that a little bit. So that that you go down to the to the fireworks season, I traded the fireworks I had for some of the fireworks I had for uh, some some space that I could rent out. And you know, when you mark the fireworks up eight to one, I'm trading when I'm when I two thousand dollars worth of rent. You know, it cost me you know a couple hundred bucks, two or three hundred bucks um, in fireworks, right? But they didn't know that, so. So I learned I learned about bartering there. I traded for food for the week. You had to sleep out there for two weeks, and it's in Oklahoma. That's the sun in July and the hot, the heat and the humidity. It's horrible. So you sleep. We're sleeping out there for two weeks, me and my buddy, and we called it co- College Fund Fireworks. And we put it, and we were right by these big guys, and people would stop in, and they'd say, "Hey, we we wanted to stop by you guys. We saw their advertising." But we want to stop at yours, Stan, because we want to support the college kids. Well, I learned a lot right there about uh, piggyback marketing. One is um, not being afraid of big guys, being you know being next to those guys and piggybacking off of what they're doing. The second thing I learned was cause marketing. Right when you when you're going to a cause bigger than the actual profits, but more towards a cause, then then people like to support that. So cause marketing, I learned from that, and then uh, piggyback marketing. Those two things. What I also learned there is I did not want to. I was sleeping out there for 21 days, Stan, selling all those fireworks. It was a lot of work, but we at that three grand worth of fireworks I sold for about 20 grand. Wow, which, is, which was uh, gave me a lot of confidence. This is why now we're understanding why I'm in franchising. I never thought I'd be a firework stand owner, but never thought I'd be a carpet cleaner either. Right. So the next year, instead of doing the stand, my the running the stand myself, 
I had a youth group run the stand and I just paid him 20% of the gross sales. But guess what? I also gave him a couple thousand flyers to pass out at church as a fundraiser. So their whole church now bought the fireworks from us. So our sales went up. On top of that, I didn't have to man the stand. I just rented a big tent and uh, they manned the stand. So not only did I have one location, now this next year I had two locations. And then next year I had three locations. So I had three different youth groups running these stands. And I'm driving by, you know, checking inventory, picking up cash, depositing cash. And they're raising money and it was a win-win. And that's that scalable model of letting go to grow and systemizing it and scaling it kind of led me to uh to franchising so you could i could have made more money myself if i run my own stand but when you have three stands you can't be at three places at once you can make more with three stands if you're uh paying a commission out and they're running it than if you're doing one stand yourself so with with oxyfresh you know we're clo- we're we're going to hit 400 units by the end of this year and we i can i could make a lot more per location I did it myself, but it's a lot more fun sharing the success with others and letting go to grow and letting other people own their own business. And, um, you know, we can all work together and have win-wins. So 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 that's kind of how I I got the fireworks led to the, uh, the scalability of franchising in a way. So you really were a multi-unit operator before you were ever a franchisor. That's really kind of cool, JB. I didn't know that about you. So let's move from there to don't let's just not fast forward the tape all the way to today. But at some point, you made a transition. And I know you went first, you did your four years at ORU. And then you went on to uh, Colorado. Where did you go? Colorado State or Colorado Christian, right? Yeah, so at, at ORU, um, I wasn't getting a lot of playing time there, and so I registered a year there. But uh, I had a year of eligibility left, and so it was a Division One school. So uh, a Division Two school here in Colorado gave me a scholarship, and I got to play a lot. And you know, we went started the season off sixteen and zero. But more importantly, that I got to go to grad school, um, and so it moved me to Colorado. When I was out here in Colorado, I the some of the friends that I were going was going to church with. One of them worked for a a, a franchise called Squeeze. And it was like a, a smoothie shop. And and he was telling me of how they were getting leads and how they were selling, um, you know, going the franchise model. And I and I and at the time, I had clean carpet a little bit. And I was like, hey, you know, the, with the fireworks in, uh, how I learned to let go to grow. And I was like, I would really – that was the carpet cleaning because all year round versus um, fireworks is just a couple weeks out of the year. So, you know, at the end of the day is you want to have a – a, a business is just a vehicle to help you achieve your dreams and goals, right? And so I, I liked carpet cleaning because it was stable. It wasn't going anywhere. There, I feel like there was a need for something, a new, different way to clean, a greener way. And it, and so that's kind of how I transitioned from, um, you know, met that guy. He told me about that and I was triggered in my head. Hey, how about we, how about I franchise a carpet cleaning concept? It's something just like the fire stand, but it's a different service that I could do all year round. So from there, you know, I didn't have everything figured out. Um, didn't even have the name figured out or the formulas or, but I had the the overall uh, vision of, I want to start something that's scalable, that's going to be stable, that I can let go to grow, that can create an opportunity for other people to achieve their dreams and goals. And so the, the carpet cleaning was just a, um, a result of the drive and vision of the overall objective. But now that I'm into carpet cleaning, it's a lot of fun. And there's so much I've learned. And um, we get to make customers happy like you were happy. And just seeing that experience that we can have franchisees have as well as customers have is drives us every day to be more and more 
successful and grow. So you really, you really began OxyFresh though, right out of college, didn't you? Yeah, right out of college. Yeah, I was actually uh, so OxyFresh was founded in August 2016, and I graduated grad school in 2015. So about a year after grad school. So what, 2016 or, or you? Or I'm sorry, you, 2006. Six, sorry, yeah. Years of, well, yeah. I said, I've, I've known you longer than that, JB. That couldn't possibly be right. Yeah, 2006. <laughs> yeah, so to graduate in 2005, started in 2006. First year, we did 17 units. And then from there, now we're close to 500. All right. So let's talk a little bit before we get into the franchising side. I want to talk a little bit about the birth of this concept. And there are a lot of moving parts here. You've got a a machine that's kind of unique. You've got chemicals that are unique. You've got a process that dries carpet in an hour's time. I could not believe that my carpets could be walked on in an hour. Um, so there's a lot of science here. You're an MBA in business. Where does the science side of the business come from? And how did all this come together to become a clean, green, fast machine? Yeah, so I think it all comes down to uh, really God. I believe God made us with two ears and one mouth. I guess some people might argue differently, but we're supposed to listen more than we talk. And that's hard for a lot of us, even myself. But when you when you look at it like that, you can actually listen. To what do the customers out there really want? Like, where, where's their need at? And, and it, you know, you've heard over the years, you've heard, uh, I forgot, you can help me with the words, Dan, but um, when you, uh, a disruptor right? Disruptor? Sure. So with carpet cleaning, everyone is thinks, you know, steam cleaning or hot water extraction is the way to get, you know, to clean the carpet, especially back then. We've, we've changed the game with that a lot. But if you look at technology, technology is changing so fast. In the 70s, the com- a computer was the size of a whole room. Now a computer fits inside, inside your pocket with like the iPhone. Like, right. like, so I can be on this call with you. Like on a, I could be on a call with you on my cell phone and not even have to be on a computer. Right. We and, won't we won't tell the audience the backstory to any of that. <laughs> <will we? laughs> so so technology got is advanced. So 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 is you know lots of things. So cleaning has advanced. When you look at that, there's just better ways to clean, right? And so it, it goes against the grain of a lot of the the politics out there. Like hot water extraction actually ruins more carpet than all other methods combined. But customers think that that's the way because of marketing that's been out there for 50 years. Um, so when we come into the game and we're showing there's a new way to do it, dries an hour, our cleaning agents are actually green. We can get stains out without using harsh chemicals so it's safe for kids and pets. All that stuff is available. It just hasn't been marketed out there. So, you know, it, it took us some time. But now when, once customers use us, they always call us back because we say, hey, you should water your lawns, not your carpets. And they don't like to walk around with wet socks for two days. They like, you know, we dry in an hour. So just that alone, the chemistry behind that. And that's changed just by by listening, like I said earlier. But then just having a great, you can have the best cleaning system in the world, but if the phone isn't ringing, it doesn't matter. Just because we clean carpet well, that's just one phase of it. The other thing that has made taking us to where we are today is our scheduling center. We we uh, it's a heart of our business, so we're big on technology. We answer all the phones for our franchisees so that they can work on their business instead of working in it. It allows them to focus on customer support getting that phone to ring versus majoring in the minors, like answering the phone and doing tedious stuff. To that point, JB, 4.6 out of five stars by 164,000 reviewers. That's pretty proud, man. You're, you're doing things right. I saw that online. Yeah, that's um, if, you, if anyone Googles carb cleaning quote um, anywhere in the country, we're, we're organically number one and two with over 160,000 reviews. 
And that's an attest that's a testament to our franchisees. Like you had one clean there. Um, it's also a testament to our home office staff always improving our our the cleaning process. But also, again, our, our call center answering those phones quickly and getting them scheduled, getting customers scheduled. So it's all of it working together. And it, what there's lots of different franchise concepts out there. But that's the whole idea of, a, of being part of a franchise system is that together we're better versus when we're on our own. We can listen to each other, learn from each other. And uh, in, anybody that's part of a franchise system, there's more. There's so much. You do give up things, a little control here and there. But overall... The wins of being part of a, a system, a franchise system, um, you can't, mom and pops really can't compete with that when we're all working together as, as one unit. You know, I, unit. I joked a little bit with Connor when he was here at my house. So Brandon is the partner with Kristen and Connor is like his number one tech guy. And Connor is doing a lot of the work in my house and I'm asking questions as he's doing it. And I feel like this guy owns the company because he has answers to everything I was asking him. I mean, right down on the machine and the chemicals and the pumping of the stuff and of the formula. And um, he knew everything. He knew ex- like an expert to everything. And I said, where do you get all the- Did you go to Colorado for training? And he said, well, yeah, you know, Brandon went with uh, Christian for training, but we've got this whole library of videos. I watch them all. You would swear this guy owned not only not only did he did he own the office here in Roswell, but you'd think he owned the company. And when you can convey that from corporate to the front line, it's as I said earlier, there's nothing you can do better or greater than that than to have that kind of frontline enthusiasm from your brand ambassadors who who are and who are those? The guys cleaning the carpet. The guy was great. I mean, the whole experience was phenomenal. So I have to believe that the scheduling center and the ops support and couple that with what you've got marketing support, you've got cleaning process support, you're basically making it foolproof, aren't you? Well, we obviously that's the, that's the goal. It's not always that way. Um, you know, but to, to your point, um, I think you made some, some pretty, some neat uh, observations that I'd like to comment on. One, one is that um, for anybody looking at buying a franchise out there or like, or starting a franchise concept, one is you, you want to, from my experience of doing this for a while, is uh, you want to, it's, it's about being scalable and, and your systems, you got to have the right people on the bus, but you want to have the right systems in place are more important than anything. Because with systems, to correct systems, you can, you can let go to grow. And there's, um, it's like Belichick does for the Patriots. I mean, if they lose, a, lose anybody, they can replace somebody the next year and they're just as good because they're so heavy on the systems. Then it's not so much the people are great, but the system, and you throw anybody in and they're fine. So there's, a, there's an author by the name of Jason Jennings, and he wrote this book called Hit the Ground Running. And we've taken some of the philosophies from this book and applied them. When you said this, this technician that was out there seemed like he owned the company, that's exactly what we want. And, and there's, some, uh, there's a, a nugget here that I'd like to leave your audience that, that has changed my life and changed our franchisees' lives. The reason why we believe that he probably acted that way is this, this philosophy, and it's called ownership through scoring. So, Stan, what's your favorite football team? Well, it's not Bel- it's not Belichick. I have to tell you, and you know, and, and Brady probably wouldn't have enjoyed hearing that he could be replaced just like that either. I'm a Falcon guy, you know that. Yeah. Okay, Falcon guy. So let's say the Falcons. I'm from Denver. Let's say the Falcons are playing the Broncos. All right, and let's say that the game is. Uh, I take you to the game where at the 50 yard line, and it's tied with a minute left. And I was like, Hey, Stan, let's beat the traffic. Let's go. Like, what would you say? 
I'd say no. The last two minutes right? of the last two minutes of any football game are the game. But you don't own the team, right? Nope. No, but there's a since there's a score attached, you have a sense of ownership. Yep. Now let's say the same things there and we're not that they're not keeping track of this game. There's no there's no score up on the scoreboard, um, but there's a minute left. And I'm like, hey Stan, let's beat the traffic, but there's no score being kept. Well you'd be more open to to leave. Yeah. Even you might not be but you're you're the scale of more being open, more open to leave would probably open up a little bit for you. And the reason why that is, is we, when there's a score attached to something, you have a sense of ownership. That's why when you watch, you wouldn't watch a golf on TV or you wouldn't uh, watch a basketball game on TV. If, if they didn't keep scores anymore, people would stop watching the games. But the people that watch these games don't own the team. So the, what if you apply that to your business work environment where all your employees every week, they got a score and they could see their score on these measurables of like, you know, whatever, whatever you want to focus on, what it could be. It could be attendance. It could be attitude. It could stuff that you can put measurable and you turn into a score and they can see their score versus everybody else's score. Mm -hmm. When you do it that way and you have this trust through transparency with an, with stacked on top of an ownership through scoring type of environment, nobody wants to be on the bottom. They always want to see, everyone sees themselves as on the top, but then, but when, if you don't have a measurable way to look at it, people don't, there's no accountability. So if you can create a, a scorecard, every week when people can compare themselves to everyone else, then people start having a sense of ownership. And so that's what we do with Oxyfresh. All of our franchisees and technicians, they can log in for any date range into our software and they can see their, their customer satisfaction score versus the brand average as a technician, as a franchisee. And once we implemented that back in 2011, we saw uh, what you're talking about, what you experienced. We started seeing that start trending that way of our franchisees started taking more of an ownership you know they already own their own business but their technicians even started doing yeah. it. and so we just started seeing repeat business jump i mean we're up over 20 percent this year over last year in jobs booked and that's that's an testament to repeat customers and and this philosophy so the philosophy is ownership through scoring stacked with letting go to grow stacked with trust through transparency and then the last step with that would be speed through systems so um, when you put all those four things together, you have, you know, I call it rocket fuel. You know, I joked with Brandon, the guy who owns the franchise here with Christian, the guy who came out as the supervisor, if you will. And I joked with him in front of Connor and I said, hey, you know, are you sure that you don't work, that he doesn't work for you? You work for him or which way does this work? This guy seems to, you're asking him questions about the business. And, and what I got back from Brandon was, you know, what you see in Connor is a, a reflection of the success of the way we've brought him into this business and that he knows that his part of the business as well as he does is, you know, why I'm enjoying being a partner in this business. And it's back to what you said about releasing. Use that phrase again. Let, uh, yeah. Let go to grow. Let go to grow. So there's no competition between them. There's no competition between them. There's competition among them. But not be, and that's huge. That's a huge takeaway from this conversation. They all and, and it's hard. It's hard to let go to grow. You can't really let go if you don't have if you haven't spent the time to make your systems good. Then you're letting go. You're probably it's not going to work out for you. So that's why people maybe when they have let go in the past, it's failed probably because they didn't spend they didn't dig deep into the training and create create systems and processes. So for leg, letting go to grow to work, you have to have speed through systems. You also have to, to let go to grow. You also have to create an ownership through scoring, right? So you have to have speed through systems, ownership, ownership through scoring. And then people, 
want to be have a transparent work environment. If you can create a transparency of the of these things that we're talking about where people can see their their results versus everyone else's, then people buy into it. People buy into uh they don't buy into a business plan that's in a safe secret plan. They buy into a transparent environment where they can they can feel like they can grow with the company. So so our our so that uh, thanks for having me and I and I appreciate you let me share those nuggets, but those those changed the game for me, and I hope that they can change the game from some of your viewers out there as well. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the franchise side of the business and a little bit about the growth you've experienced there and the accolades that you've been just piling up as you grow. All of that comes right after this. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your team to simply and seamlessly track access and manage all communication to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and archived in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. There are no long-term contracts required. Multiple upgrades are offered each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So let's dive into the franchise side of life, JB, and talk about that first year of 17 territories, I believe you said that you'd awarded in your first year. What year was that? That was 2006. 2006, so we, um, 17 in our first year. So, and then- so let's, let's, just, let's just park here for a second. You're out of college in 2005. You're in this business almost immediately thereafter. You're beginning franchising and have 17 territories inside of a year. Take a minute and digest that that is incredible yeah well at the time you just uh just going just working just grinding you know i didn't really think about it so looking back it's kind of actually is kind of crazy but looking back at the time i was young and hungry and you know that we have a saying what does it take to be successful whatever it takes and so i was just going for it at the time so well but you've 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 given birth, I think, to a culture that that's kind of following that lead. So walk us through that first couple of years of franchising and how you were looking at growing the business. Did you do this with area reps or area developers, or were you going single unit only? Or talk about the thing and talk about the things you've learned about doing it the way you've gone about it. Yeah, I know there's different philosophies out there, and I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, but I chose the philosophy. We, we never used area developers. Um, and for those that don't know, area developers would be responsible for selling a certain amount of area and, 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 and they can help you grow a little faster, but you also can lose some control that way. And we wanted to, uh, when you lose some control, not to say that's necessarily a bad thing, but it can be because when you're trying to make changes to your system and 
how fast technology is changing these days. When you don't have full control and you're trying to make changes, it, it's it's just another thing to slow down, another layer in between you and the Z's to to uh, turn that ship. And so we wanted to be able to to turn quickly and fast. Um, so we didn't we didn't grow the way of area developers. So we uh, grew organically through uh, doing a doing a great job with the franchises we had and being a very a low investment model and just focusing on marketing and and being the best at all aspects of the support that we can provide. And so if you do, if you do things the right way and not take shortcuts, you usually don't get cut. But a lot of times people, I feel like I've seen in, even in franchising today is they think it's the, the, they want to do it real quick. And we, we, you know, the long road is the fast road. If you do things the right way, it ends up being faster in my opinion anyways. Do you use brokers? Uh, we, we started using those about four years ago and we've had great success with that. We did about, we do about 25 deals a year with those guys. It took us, about, it took us a couple of years to uh, understand that model and, and get into there with that. But, but now we, we like it, but we didn't, we didn't use those guys for, for their, our first seven or eight years. I think this, you're, there's a, another nugget here that we don't want to not call out. And I think that it's an important one. So area development or allowing others to make decisions about who your best franchisees may be for you, not a good idea. But a lot of people think that that's what brokers are about, and they're not. So brokers right. brokers are just helping candidates do their introspectives and helping them get ready for whatever brand they're going to decide on. And then you guys are still the decision makers as to who it is you accept or don't, and and you're still in control of that decision but you're dealing with more highly qualified candidates who are coming to you as the result of the broker helping them learn more about themselves and what's important to them. And, and then the broker shows them a couple of three brands that say any of these three can satisfy your, your dream. And then they make a decision which one feels best for them and you do the same. Is that about right? That's about right. And, and we call them, you know, we do call them coaches here. And that's mainly because we work with the Entrepreneur Source TS and, and that's their philosophy is that they're helping coach. Right the prospects on which choice is right for them. And, and, uh, and we've gotten there, we, they call it the Kahuna award. We've gotten the last two years. So we, we've done the most placements of any of the brands they have. They've done them. We've done the most placements with us. They've done the most placements with us the last two years in a row. So what I, what I can say to, to validate what you're saying is when I look at our AUV average unit volume, for those that don't know, saying it's the, the sales per territory that we have, when you take the territories we have and we, and we look at the sales per territory of a franchisee, when you compare that, the sales per territory of those that come from the, the TES, the broker coach group that we work with versus those that don't, our, our, our sales per territory are higher with coming out of the broker, the coach group. And, that, and wow. we, we test that too, that like what you said, that a lot of times we get some higher quality candidates through that group. And that's a testament to to their their process that they that they vet with. So while while it is expensive to go that route, you you can get uh, you can grow faster and you can have a higher quality higher qualities franchisees in your system. And I, and I'm sure there's cases where it hasn't gone that way with other brands, but for us, our experience has been it's been a success. The other cogent point that came out of this portion of our conversation for me, JB, is 
the let go to grow philosophy, you shouldn't do that anywhere and everywhere, right? So where there are places like bringing on area developers who are going to make decisions for you and be one layer of disconnect between you and your franchisees, let go to grow doesn't apply there. That would be a bad decision. So the let go to grow philosophy is something I really, I've learned a lot from you about that today that I'm going to explore further. But You've proven up a point here in the conversation, which demonstrates that it's not just carte blanche, let go to grow and let go to grow of the right things, not all things. Correct. Yeah. Of the right things. And even, even if you, even if you're trying to let go of the right things, if you don't have, again, what we were saying earlier, if you don't have things in, in place, even if it is the right thing to let go of, if you don't have the systems in place or the philosophies in place, it it won't work. So you got to know what you can let go of and what you can't. And if the stuff you are going to let go of, you got to make sure you have your your systems in, in place that allow that to even be possible. So walk me through who belongs in this business as a franchisee. I, my first instinct is that it's a young man's business, but I've watched a couple of videos and you know been on your website in preparation for today's conversation. I saw gentleman named Jose Perez, who may be a little closer to my age than he is to yours. It's not just young guys, is it? No, uh, we're, we have a few young guys. We have a, you know, we even have a 20 year old who got an award at our conference last year. We gave him a hard time. We gave him a bottle of, uh, a bottle of milk since he was too young to drink. Um, so, but, That's uh, mean. We, that, that is mean. That we also have a lot of, old, we have a lot of older guys too. We have women in there. We have veterans. We have, uh, you know, firefighters. We have to be what, People ask us all the time, what's your ideal franchisee? And I know people like to profile things. For us, we have success. doesn't matter. We, can't, we don't profile like that. What, what I do, when I look at the common denominators of franchisees that are successful in our system, it all comes down to passion. We have people that have a C-level resume. They've been in charge of huge companies, and they haven't done well with us. We have guys that have had no experience in the corporate world or business experience, and they've done great with us. We've had young guys that have done great. We've had uh, old guys that have done great. We've had young guys done bad. Oh, it, so, but, but I've never had anyone not do well with us if they had if they brought passion to the table. So we're going to give our franchisees all the tools they need to succeed. But at the end of the day, it's still their business, and they still have to bring passion every day. So we say we tell people, hey, how how? And looking at buying our franchise, we say, um, and they say, am I going to be successful? We ask them, okay, well. But how were you at your last job that you had? Were you successful there? Like, did you do good there? Did you get promoted? Did you get fired? Like, and, and if they say they got promoted, they did good at their job, we'll tell them, well, you'll probably do great here then. But if they were the type of guy that every three months was looking for a new job and they weren't successful, they probably are going to have that same result with us. The only difference with us is they get to own their own business. And, and as it grows, they get to grow with it versus working for somebody else. But at the end of the day, passion and being able to follow systems and checks uh, checklists is what it comes down I've to. I've always said that I think that passion is the second most important ingredient that somebody can bring to the table. You can't get into business with yourself without being well capitalized. So that's something that's a must. But second to that, the most important ingredient in my view has always been passion. So I could not agree with you more about that. What about the kinds of opportunities that you offer? So do people come to you with an opportunity to do a single and a multiple territory kind of agreement? Or is it start with one, show us what you're about, and we'll take it from there? We have a lot of people that want to do multiple areas, but a lot of times we don't necessarily let them do that. We'll let them do a first try. It just depends on the situation. We want to, our territories are pretty large. We're 110,000 households is around 300,000 people. So we'd rather our franchisees dig deep 
versus they go wide with a very thin layer. So um, we do have multi-unit owners. We, are, we have a franchisee that owns 25 different territories across the U.S. and think in five states. And we have, we have those type of guys, but we also have a lot of single unit guys. So we have a mix. We're close to 400 territories sold. And I think we have a little over 220 different owners. So we're close to we're averaging close to two to one, two territories per one. But again, we have people that have 25, people have 20 like out there. We, and we have a lot of single unit guys. So it really just depends on this every situation we take case by case. So let's talk for a minute and give the audience some help, providing some nuggets to them as to how to go about a selection process when passion and frontline delivery is as important in a brand's success as it is in yours. What are some of the, the steps that you take? What are some of the things that you do to help assure that you're making quality decisions? Well, I think that you want to be in alignment with your with the franchisee, and the franchisee needs to be in alignment with the franchisor. So, I think asking a lot of questions and listening is very key. Versus, so we try to listen and try to ask and get them to ask questions as well. Um, but we want to know what are what are their goals, and once you know what your goals are, this this can be a vehicle to help you achieve them. But if you don't know where your goal, what your goals are. But I don't know of anyone that at our conference last year asked the question, how many of you guys had a goal to, to be a carpet cleaner someday? Nobody raised their hand. Well, our v, our, our, uh, while we're passionate about carpet cleaning, I think it's great that, you know, even you had a good experience. The, the overall underlying passion for OxyFresh is just to be – OxyFresh is a vehicle to help our franchisees achieve their dreams and goals. Once you have your goals written down and you realize that OxyFresh is a vehicle to achieve your goals, now you have your passion you need. Right. But if you don't have your goals and OxyFresh is you're just a business you have and it's not a vehicle to achieve a goal, it's just you're just now you just have a job. How passionate can you just be about a job? So I think it all works back. It's, it's a backwards way to look at it. But we do things that we do that way a lot with the way we, we go opposite of the green on most things that we do. So than most people. But at the end of the day, if, if you break it down, I just look at uh, it's a lot of this is just common sense. And sometimes you got to stop listening to everybody else. And just think of and just think about what makes sense. So right? you couched it as about knowing about goals, and that brings to mind something I have for years said too. It's impossible to answer someone's prayers without knowing what it is they're praying for. And I think that we get to the same bottom line. Either way that we define that, my way or yours, what is it you're coming here looking for? Because if what you're looking for isn't found here, then it doesn't matter how hard you try, it won't it won't right. satisfy you. So in the process, talk about how that process works. How long is your process and what kind of hoops do people have to jump through in order to become affiliated with you as a franchisee? I, I'm not on the, uh, the, uh, dev process, the dev process that much anymore. So on the, when we award franchisees, I really get to meet them at the very end of that phase. Well, um, then, so, what, so the then what are you looking for there? What, what is it that you see or don't see at that point that tells you yay or nay? So at that point, um, hopefully my team at that point has vetted out people that aren't passionate. There's not very many time that not very many times a year that I meet someone when they come with what you know we call Discovery Day, which everyone calls that, where we get to meet them, they get to meet us. There's there's only about one or two times a year that I on a Discovery Day that I get to say, hey, this doesn't look like it's right fit for for us and you, and we don't award them a franchise. And uh, so that's about one or two out of 50 that makes it to me that I have to say no to. But my team's really good about doing that before because we have to work with those guys as a partner after they sign on that line. And we, we want to enjoy who we're working with and we want them to enjoy us. So 
sometimes it's us that annoy them. Sometimes it's them that annoy us or whatever the reason is. Sometimes it's just not the right fit. And so you got to be, uh, you got to, you got you, you to be willing to, to put the brand first and say no to some deals in order to say yes to the bigger picture. What about after training, Christian told me that you guys have some conferences or meetings that you do each year. What do those look like? Yeah. So, uh, communication, we, we say that there, it takes the two C's to be successful communication and commitment. We can be committed to all these new technologies, new marketing, new cleaning ideas, but if we don't communicate what those things are, it doesn't matter. If we communicate, but we're not committed, it doesn't matter either. So the two C's equal success. So we do a conference every year where all the franchises come together and we share best practices. We, we give out awards to the franchises that are most successful in when, whatever the category is and when they get to share best practices, right? So that's one. We also do newsletters. We do training videos like, like the guy was talking about with tests on there. We do webinars. We do all sorts of uh, – it's, it's never-ending, really. The, and so we're, we're constantly looking for new ways to improve on all aspects of the business. So the communication comes from all different ways. It's, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot going on. So I'm, I made note earlier of a 4.6 rating out of a five-star process for 160,000-plus reviews online. But that doesn't end there either because I know, too, that you're in something called the Franchise Business Reviews Hall of Fame. And that's something that not too many people, well, not everybody can really claim to. A lot of people get successful ratings from FBR, but talk about the Hall of Fame and what that means to you. Yeah, so the, uh, the the franchise business review is a great tool that we use, and it's a again it allows us to listen to our franchisees' needs and the stuff that we're doing good, but the stuff we need to improve on. And so we we do that. We survey our franchisees get surveyed every year, and then the results come back. And we've been fortunate enough to be to rank in their top list. And once you're making their top list, top. 50 franchise, I think top 50 or something like that. If you've been in there 10 years, then you're what's called their Hall of Fame list. So we've been in there 10 years. So I think I think 11 years actually, 11 for 12. And so in the one year we didn't get ranked, we for, we did not send out the survey. So we were we're really blessed and fortunate on that. But we the reason why we do that survey isn't necessarily for the rankings. It's to get the feedback so that we can learn and constantly improve. And fortunately for us, we've we've landed in that top category 11 out of the last 12 years. Well, hats off to you for that as well. So Jonathan, the last thing I really have on mind to ask you about before we wrap this up pretty quickly here is about benevolence. I, I talked at the beginning of the podcast about an upcoming series of podcasts that I'm going to be doing about franchising gives back. You've got some kind of a relationship with water.org that I discovered. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to that fireworks thing when a college from fireworks, we were, we were, it was helping us, us college kids go to college. But for us, that was giving back at the time to us, which we appreciate that. So that, that's always stuck in the back of my head. And I always wanted to uh, have what we do give back to something greater than, greater than a um, bigger purpose. So for us, since we are a green company and we use two gallons of water compared to a hot wire extractor, which uses 40 to 50 on a job, we decided to, to give back to water.org. So every time someone books online, which is a more greener way to book than to have someone uh, answer the phone, when, when we go the, the greenest way to book, which is online, it's, it's about 30% of our jobs. Then we give a portion of that job to water.org. And water.org helps build water wells for provide clean drinking water for those in need that don't have it. And so while we're able to save water on the job, we're also able to give back and, and help provide clean drinking water for those 
that that are in need. So it's kind of a perfect fit for us. And I would encourage anyone starting a, a brand or a company or anyone joining one to explore, make sure that you're giving back to a cause with whatever your business is and, and, and make that part of your purpose and your mission. So for us, it's been a lot of fun and it feels good too. And to make a difference. Last question before I ask you to tell the audience how they can find out more if they wanted to get back in touch with you following our podcast. Are there any questions, JB, that I didn't ask you that you wish that I did? Stan, Stan, we've known each other for a long time and I've always looked up to you and I've, I've you've, you've taught me a lot over the years. And so to be honest, uh, you know, I just don't know why you didn't ask me to be on the show earlier. You know, that's really my only question. Well, some, sometimes it's like wine. You let things age a little more and they just get better with time. And I am really... I am really happy that I waited until now because you have that much more to share today than you might have sooner. Great being on here. Look uh, forward to uh, listening to more of your podcast and um, I always enjoy them. Thank you so much for having me and God bless. All right, Christian, we got to get you to tell us how other people can find I called you Christian. I can't believe I just did that, Jonathan. How do (laughs) other people find you? Not Christian. Well, they can find Christian too, and I can help them do that as well. But for those who want to find you and talk more with you or be in contact with you about the business and or some of the personal highlights that you've shared today, how would people go about finding you? Yeah, you could just go to our website, oxyfresh.com, and then um, fill out a lead or a form. Sorry, not a lead. Just fill out the request for more information. And we'll be able to get in contact with you and right away. OXI um, Fresh, right? Yep, oxifresh.com. We also have a, a, a website more focused on the franchise aspect versus the customer, and that's oxyfreshfranchise.com. But either way, you can fill out a form and, and we'll get in touch with you. You, sir, have made this a very pleasurable hour. And I joked a little earlier as an inside joke that we weren't going to let the audience know about some technology problems when we were talking about iPhones versus computers. But we had a couple of those little glitches today. Technology is great when it works, but we almost didn't make it to air today, and thankfully, persistence prevailed. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough, and the audience thanks you as well for all that you've shared. And please remember to subscribe to Franchise Today at Block Talk Radio, and you can download us from iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or virtually any place that podcasts are found. Remember, too, you can even ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Franchise Today. Like us on Facebook, and until next week, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.